When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Blue Wire Podcasts. What's up, Browns fans? Welcome into your Sunday game day edition crossover episode of All Eyes on Cleveland with Brad Ward and the OBR Film Down OBR Film Breakdown with Jake Burns, presented by FanDuel. We're here to welcome you in for an interesting battle that Cleveland has to really take uh, take advantage of here. Uh, perhaps some some weirdness. I I don't know, Brad. It's a, it's a weird NFL season. Anytime you're playing Tom Brady, you you shouldn't feel optimistic, right? It is uh, has potential to be uh, really ugly in the stadium, right? Three and eight would would put people in a really sour mood, I guess, depending on what happens. As you you guys know the outcome of this, but Brad and I do not. As we record this, many of uh, Browns fans or Ohio State fans will see what happens with the outcome of that game here in a few hours. But sure, uh, you know, grumpy football fans in Ohio, Brad, and the potential for the Browns to. Uh, put three and eight out there should should give them some uh, encouragement, and, and you're kind of banking on an unexpected outcome here for the three and seven Browns in the against five and five Tampa Bay. Yeah, I just want them to play like you know it's Jacoby's last game. Maybe that could be like a rallying point for them. Um, I don't know if he commands that. I think he commands that kind of respect uh, from some of the the locker room, if not all. So you would hope maybe that's like a rallying point for them. And they need to play with desperation, man. You know, desperation is when teams play desperate, sometimes they can pull some wins out that they shouldn't maybe. Um, But they need to be at that point. Like even if you're just to give yourself the illusion of being mathematically in it, I think it adds some value to the Watson games, even if even if it's not realistic. Just the illusion of the fact that hey, he could run the table. I think um, keeping that door open, I think, adds some value to a couple of his games. Yeah, we thought a couple times the Browns would show up desperate to play and have that that burning energy and and passion and and all of that stuff, and we haven't seen it. So it would be no. really nice to see it in this one because if they do get to four and seven there is a uh, however small percentage it is a plausible one with the back half of the season schedule and some opportunities they have to win some football games so it would give them a massive jolt going down to houston and a potential to run two wins together which would be huge for them but let's not get all too far out in front of ourselves here this is a massive massive task for cleveland but you do get some advantage as the browns dealt with the disadvantage of going down to Miami and dealing with the uncomfortable humidity and heat down there, you now have Tampa coming up to Cleveland in a nasty weather game that they don't get all too often. Now, it's not going to be terrible. It's going to be like low 50s, high 40s, Brad, but there is some precipitation. Hit me with the specifics of weather and how this, you know, it could at least be something that hinders Tampa just a little bit. Maybe not Tom Brady having come from all those years in New England, but there's a lot of guys that are Southern guys that don't deal with this stuff and they play in domes and stuff. So uh, could have some small Cleveland-based advantage, right? Yeah, I definitely think so. Uh, you know, you're going to get uh, a good amount of rain on 
Sunday uh, at 1 p.m. It's like 52 degrees uh, inside First Energy. This is the, the AccuWeather from inside there or whatever. Um, rainy precipitation percentage 83 percent so likely raining when the game starts winds uh around 14 miles per hour which is rather standard for like a 1 p.m kick right uh i mean it's a little gut that's pretty gusty but um yeah so the wind and the rain is not probably not something uh that everyone is used to right um and it will continue that way throughout the game. I mean, the you know, the chance of precipitation kind of goes down and then back up through the course of 1 to 4 p.m. The winds get, looks like it may get even gustier as the game goes on. Uh, and it gets a little warmer throughout the game, too. So, uh, you've got rain, decent temperature in your 50s, mid-50s, right? And uh, some pretty good gusts, anywhere from 14 to 17 miles per hour. So... It could wreak some havoc, um, and uh, I think it, if it gets ugly, it would, I think it would advantage Browns. Yeah, you would lean that way, right? You know, like I said, Tom has, has played decades in New England and knows about this stuff, but there's just the lack of preference to play in cold, windy games, rainy games when you when you live in Tampa yeah. Bay and play majority of your games there in domes in the NFC south or whatever you know it's just a a lot of opportunity to play in optimal weather so this one is probably i haven't checked tampa bay's game by game but this is probably the worst weather they'll play in uh to this point in the season so we'll keep an eye on that it's a fox game which is not the customary deal for cleveland they're typically a cbs uh cbs game type of uh, setup here but they get on fox for this one it is a 1 p.m kick who's on the call brad kenny albert and jonathan vilma and potentially Shannon Sharp on on the field, where it you know, that's what it says. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, Fox gets a little more former player uh, yeah. active on the sidelines. I think they want a little different angle. Maybe they do. That'd be cool to see Shannon Sharp there on the sidelines. Yeah. He's always got some good nuggets. So we'll keep an eye on that. So again, Fox, don't tune in to CBS. Check out Fox for this game if you're somebody trying to find it. All time Browns six and four. Brad, they took advantage of. Some of those terrible Tampa Bay <laughs> setups in the seventies yeah. and eighties. It's been there. They they've been the runner of of late here, right? Yeah. So uh, Bucks won four of the last five, uh, last game in uh, October twenty first, two thousand eighteen. Browns lose in overtime, twenty six twenty three in Tampa Bay. I remember that one being. I, I believe Cleveland's slow start in that one. A lot of Carlos Hyde carries, if I recall correctly. Um, didn't play all too well, but they tied it up late. And then there's a pretty famous Mayfield gif of him looking stunned on the sidelines. I think Tampa kicked a 59-yarder to win that one with just over a minute left in overtime, where if he had missed that kick, I think the Browns would have gotten it like right out near midfield or just across midfield on their own side or close to it. The chance had a to chance go to win go it. win it. Yeah. There, there were a lot of really weird, like the Raiders game was very weird in that 2018 season where they thought they had a first down. It didn't work out, so... Uh, God, that was a strange year that filled us with a lot of thoughts about the future that never quite came to uh, to fruition. Uh, the gambling lines for this one um, shift a little bit here. Uh, three and a half. Tampa was laying three and a half, so they're obviously heavily favored because Cleveland is getting points at home, three and a half at home, especially considering the weather and all of that. I think that line is probably fitting, Brad, the 42 and a half based on what we're talking about weather-wise here for like a 23-20 type of game also feels pretty fitting. Do you think those are off at all? 
I, despite the weather, 42 and a half seems really low. I mean. Okay. I I I get I see what you're saying twenty three twenty yeah that sounds about right uh, I kind of feel, have a feeling that may go over okay you guys heard it here talking about gambling lines we're going to switch over and look at some of the uh, parlay action or numbers we like from Fanduel Sportsbook as we always do on this show you can get anytime touchdown score Nick Nick Chubb for minus one ten if you feel good about that sort of a, a ground and pound type of game. That is available for you should you want it. You get some interesting numbers too. Amari Cooper plus 220, Mike Evans plus 135. Those are options that are out there scoring two touchdowns. You can get Amari Cooper, who just last week scored two touchdowns at plus 1,300, should you so choose. If the Browns get to the goal line and give it to Kareem Hunt a couple times, plus 2,100, if you're interested in those. Those are your two touchdown scores. Passing yards in this one, Brissett over under is 205.5, so very much on the low side. And Tom Brady is 261.5. I would say I like the over on both of those, Brad, largely because the Browns haven't run the football well. And we'll talk about that here in just a minute. But when they're forced to throw it a ton, by sheer virtue of volume, 205 feels like a number that he could easily cross. And Tom Brady, the same thing with Tampa Bay. It's a pretty, they had a, a nice outcome against the Seahawks running the football in their last game in Germany before the bye. But it's, it's, uh, it still feels like a team that wants to throw it a lot, but we'll see if they do what the Bills did, which is hit the second quarter and be like, why the hell aren't we running the football? This is this is what we were talking about, and we've spent all these drives throwing. It was funny watching the Bills wake up and realize like this is kind of goofy that we haven't run it. Yeah. Uh, over under Nick Chubb, rushing yards is 71.5. He has not hit either of those the last two weeks. How do you feel about that number? I actually like the over on that in this in this uh, atmosphere in this game. I think, I think he goes over 71.5. Got it. Like it. Looks like they took away some of our uh, our fun numbers in, they in, did. in the passing category. They took. They they said this. Listen, Jake and Brad, these guys on a podcast in Ohio have been crushing. They're kill, they're Nick Chubb us. over receiving yards and Harrison Bryant over receiving yards. So you don't have either of those. The two you have is Donovan Peoples Jones forty one and a half and Amari Cooper fifty two and a half. And even if you don't think Amar uh, Jacoby Brissett's going to throw for two hundred five. Those two only accounting for 90 of those yards, where's the other 110 and change coming from? No I mean, clue. David could get some, but where else is it coming from? So I don't think those either of those match up, and I think both of those are easy overs to me. You can get Mike Evans at 61.5 and, and Chris Godwin at 62.5, and, and again, I feel like those two are over numbers or right at it type of numbers uh, uh, for me. Uh, let's look at our favorite category, which is those long shot parlays i don't know if i'm i'm able to find that number on saturday we usually do these saturday nights so maybe they haven't put those out quite yet um but those those props are pretty fun when you can link up a couple of some of those uh wild numbers it looks like actually they're not available yet maybe those come available late saturday night in terms of uh you can match up like nick chubb scores the first and last touchdown and some of those those fun parlay opportunities. So continue to check FanDuel throughout your Saturday and Sunday morning if you are in a legal gambling state. Reminder, Ohio, OBR, promo code. Uh, make sure to use that to get your $100 for when the year turns over. Now in just over a month, sports betting will be legal in Ohio. So take, uh, take advantage, like I said, of that opportunity. We are going to take a break, uh, our solo break of this episode. And when we come back, we'll hit on our three keys 
where it feels like Brad and I have been just wasting our breath on these three keys of late because nothing <laughs> seems to go right. But we'll give them uh, to you anyway in, in hopes that they end up yielding some positive results. We'll be right back. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, Brad, so this game, I don't know what to think of Tampa. I should be really afraid. I mean, it's it's Tom Brady, and, and, and I don't know, man. It's Mike Evans. There's a bunch of just stalwarts in the NFL, like guys that are really, you know, even the defensive side of the football with Vita Vea and a lot of their guys that they bring on that side. But it just feels like a weird Tampa team, team that's lost to Pittsburgh, team that's lost to Carolina. You're really hoping that the bye week and the win before the bye week over a competent Seahawks team on that, that long trip they took doesn't wake them up because they do feel like a team that's just waiting to wake up and make their playoff run. Nobody's really claimed the NFC South. It's it's clearly their division to win, but you're hoping you can catch them one more time before they make their serious run to the playoffs. And inside of that, is this there's a lot of things we know about the Browns right now and a lot of things I've come to accept but if they do not run the football because they're capable they're not capable of stopping the run and I'll talk about that in just a minute they're capable of running it if they don't run it it changes so much about who they are and it shrinks their margin for error so significantly so again they cannot have a 14 carries for 19 yards Nick Chubb performance they cannot run for 60 yards collectively they have to get back to figuring out, and I wrote about this just the other day. If you missed it, it's up at the OBR site. What has gone wrong in the run game? They have to get it right. It's a tough task because Tampa, between you know Vita, between uh, Akeem Hicks, between Joe Tryon Sharinka, they got a bunch of guys yeah. that are tough at the line of scrimmage. On top of Levante David and Devin White, guys at the second level who are movers, and that's the Browns have struggled with moving linebackers of late. It's going to be a severe challenge. But I'm sort of banking on it feels like they're due with the run game stuff here to get it back on track and have a respectable efficiency game. So I think that's a huge one. And if uh, they don't do it, I don't see them winning. I really don't. Totally agree. Got to be able to run the ball. It all starts there. If they are if they are stopped and are in, ineffective in the run game as they have been uh, sort of pretty much totally the past two weeks, then they're in trouble early and often yeah they are totally in trouble hit me with your first one brad uh must deter the run game and i know you just kind of said you don't you know they can't stop the run and they can't so you know i talked about earlier about them playing with desperation but joe woods should be coaching with some desperation at this point so do something different right take a guy out of coverage uh you know 
put a five man, you know, bare front up there. Do whatever it takes to deter the run at the beginning of the game because this is a team that is second, I think, second most pass attempts in the NFL. So if you could just even deter the run a little bit early in the game, they will bail on it and go throw the ball a lot. And I think there's a weird stat out there where Tom Brady is like 0 3 when he throws the ball over 40 times or something like that. So, um, yeah. or more, maybe it's, it's maybe a more, maybe they're three and when he doesn't throw it 40 times or something to that effect. <laughs> um, but either way, they don't want him to throw it as much as he has been all year. And, um, so whatever, uh, you know, I think that I think if I was Joe Woods, I would be trying anything I could. And I think that at this point, Jake, it's fair to say you have a better chance. I think you have better talent and you're better equipped to stop, even with the coverage bust and everything, to stop the pass or slow the pass game down than you are to slow the run game down. So whatever you have to do to deter them from running the game, running the ball all over you and, and throwing it on you, um, I think is what you have to do. Yeah, I mean, like you said, we've both accepted. I think everybody in the fan base has to accept that they're not going to stop the run. I mean, it'd be nice because if you can make Tampa one-dimensional, they're still good enough. I mean, they're the greatest quarterback to ever play here. I mean, they can still get it done, but yeah. like making them one-dimensional would help you immensely. But I've given up hope of them doing that in any consistent basis. The, the Cincinnati game was just a weird blip in a stretch of pretty obvious you know, football here, how they, how they can't stop the run with any success. So... They won't do that, so what do they have to do to make Tampa throw it a ton? Now, again, the the situation last week with the Bills, the Bills clearly, like, this is who the Bills are. They want to rely on Josh Allen to do, like, 95% of their work, and I think the same thing with Tampa. They can just lean into Tom often, but Tampa is, to, uh, to the frustration of a lot of people who cover them, especially my guests this week, like, they're an early down run team. Even when it's stupid to be an early down run team, they'll run it on first down. So I think they will be trying early in the game to do it. And if they get success, seven, eight yards of efficiency, as we've seen from many teams, I don't think they're going to just go away from that. So I'm pretty fearful of it. I think the really the only path and why I have it as a key to this whole situation, Brad, is creating a stop or two early, a la last week with Buffalo, couple early three, three and outs. But instead of only scoring a touchdown, they got to get up 17-21 to 3 6 7 and make Tampa feel like they have to throw. You're not they're not going to to stop Tampa's will to run it, but situationally the game could deter that they have to throw it instead of run it because of the clock scenario so on and so forth. But I mean, listen, teams could be smart enough to still avoid that because they know, hey man, if we just continue to run it, like we're going to find ways to score on these guys because it's a historically last 25 years of NFL football type of bad NFL run defense here from Cleveland. But, um, you know, what I would like to do is make them question that as much as possible. And that, that usually involves an, an early lead and uh, some sort of feeling of we need to throw it to get back into this one. That's where I lean. Yeah. That's the only hope in my opinion. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. I, I would agree that that, uh, that would be one way to get them off of, off of the run and uh, get them throwing the ball more would to jump out to a nice little lead there. Uh, in- but to your point, Brad, I think it's fair too to say that they should, they should commit more assets to it. If a team has started to gash them and figured out things to do, then put a fifth D lineman in and run a five down look, a five two look, run 
some early down run blitz stuff to try to take teams out. Like, what are you doing to stop it? Will be the question again that we have find ourselves asking if they uh, are continually gashed the way they have been so many times this week. Yeah, on to your next one. Yeah, to, uh, totally agree. I uh, can't get, you know, one way they can get an early lead would be to get Njoku involved earlier. Like, we saw him get involved in the game later. It's just like, so in your scripted plays that they script up so well, I, w- I would want to make sure that some of those are going to him because he is kind of like, we've seen multiple times this season where he gets one or two catches and then he gets three and then he gets four and he just kind of gets rolling, right? Um, and I think that that would be a... Um, getting him involved earlier in the game would be to their... would behoove them, I think, offensively. Uh, and uh, I think they waited too long to get him involved uh, last week. So I would like to see them get Njoku involved in the game. I think it opens some things up for him. Uh, in the run game and uh, on the perimeter as well. Yeah, I'd just like to see him on the field a bit more this week. Uh, we we saw him on a limited snap count number last week. And sure. I would like a lot of those targets that we saw go to Harrison Bryant. Go to him as often as you can. I know you can all the time. The one Harrison Bryant back of the end zone where he didn't get both feet down and Joku was out on a sail route there. Uh, there are opportunities, but um, to your point, if the ankle's getting better, Let's see him on the field a bit more, and let's try to find a way to get him the football. Uh, we, you know, as much as situation can, you know, dictate that. If somebody is an uncovered player, you have to throw it to him, right? If it's not in joke, you have to throw it to the other player. But nonetheless, uh, I would hope they find a way to put the football in his hands. To your point, Brad, my last one is a uh, it's a heavy three by one team. Like to run trips, obviously. When you have Julio Godwin, Mike uh, Mike Evans, among several other high, highly talented football players, they're going to put those guys on the field often. How the Browns cover that? Will they sit in too high? Will they shade, give somebody a, a chance to play over top of Evans? Uh, will they play Martin Emerson on him? Will they put this is again the type of wide receiver that Denzel Ward struggles with? So if you try to isolate Denzel Ward against big body guys like Mike Evans, who are gifted, typically not a great outcome for Denzel. He's better against the smaller, shiftier types, which I've covered extensively. Are you going to put Martin Emerson on him? They're obviously missing Greg Newsom, which is a big problem in the slot, especially against Godwin, who's so special. So how they play? Are they going to play five over three? Are they going to play four over three with shade over top? Like I, I'm just that's an early fascination point for me. How they play coverage, and they have to keep things in front of them. In this game, they cannot allow explosives. Cleveland struggles so much right now to create explosives that result in touchdowns. They cannot give up easy explosives for touchdowns. Rally and tackle. It seems like to me, Tampa has struggled the most keeping drives alive. They convert some throws and then they don't. I think I have them at 21st in the NFL and third down conversion percentage, right around 39% at this juncture. So they've been better in their last three games, uh, uptick to 46%. But when they have really struggled is on the road, they have gone to 36% on third down conversion. So not asking for the Browns to create turnovers. We know how hard those have been to come by this year. Uh, obviously, point of <laughs> emphasis for Miles this past week. But, like, can they get off the field and make Tampa punt it uh, four, five, six times in this game? That would be enough to potentially win. So a team that's in the bottom 10-ish of their down percentage, let's see if they can take advantage of that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'll be interested to see how they address that. Uh, three by one stuff as well and uh, who they assign to who or how they approach that so uh, different teams doing that in different ways so we'll check that out and that'll be interesting to keep an eye on 
<clears throat> my last point here uh, for me, Jake, or key, last key, is uh, special teams execution, which seems like not a huge thing, but it actually has really hurt the Browns um, in the field position game. For instance, last week, uh, the defense was able to, uh, you know, a bad punt from Corey Borquez, Borquez, and uh, they get, you know, um, good field position. Uh, the Browns get a, a a three and out, and they still get a field goal out of it. Like stuff like that, right? Like your 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 special teams blunders have to stop. The blocked kicks from thirty four yards out going over the top. Like I don't know what's going on there with traje- trajectory or whatever, but all of these issues returning the ball out of the end zone six yards deep uh, consistently, which drives me insane, just absolutely up a wall. Uh, but uh, I you know. They've struggled to do much right at all, but it would be, you know, in order to win a close game against a team like this, you're going to have to make field goals. You're going to have to execute on special teams and do the small things right, like play field position properly and and get good kicks and get good kick coverage without penalties. And they have not been able to do that much of the year. So uh, I think that uh, although it's not a, a massive key i think it's important if this is going to be a close game it is everything will count i I think when the the margin for error shrinks because you you can't always overcome odds stacked against you you have to be able to to win several of those outlying factors and specials are are one of them to to your point the punt team stuff has been really really frustrating and obviously the block kicks paired with it it's uh it has all added up so you know, I don't know, man. Maybe this is a weird outcome the Browns can win. I don't think anybody should be having a bunch of optimism right now. And I don't think you tune tune into podcasts to hear people be down on the team. But we try to be realistic as well about where they are. So we're hoping for a weird outcome and then they can overcome the odds here and battle and win. Uh, like I said earlier, and I think Brad would agree, it would be really huge for this organization as, as they launch into uh, this Houston stretch and beyond where they can win a bunch of games to get this one. So we will be cautiously optimistic that they can. You can read the OBR roundtable predictions. That is available on the website with more detail in terms of our thought process on this game. You can go back and read Brown's big game, uh, Brad's big game spotlight, which is Jacoby Brissett and a lot of the fun stuff surrounding his last start connection to Tom Brady and many other things. Also, Brad's uh, things I think I know about the Cleveland Browns is available up here on your Sunday morning as well uh, to pair alongside this podcast. So check all of that out. We will cover all your game day inactives. We will have a pre and post game starting at noon and continuing uh, right after the game to talk through everything surrounding the team heading up to the game and after the game. Check that out. Brad, thanks for stopping by, my friend. Always appreciate doing these crossovers with you. My pleasure, sure. It's always a blast and uh, look forward to uh, we'll see you on game day. We'll see uh, We'll see you at 1 o'clock uh, for, for the game. Obviously, we'll catch you before and after. Stop by and, and join us and chat with us at the OBR, uh, like I said, on Twitch and YouTube now, available for you uh, on both of those platforms. So check that out and go to the website where you can read all the post-game content you need to understand everything surrounding the Browns' outcome and future and all of that stuff as it ticks over to, uh, between this game and the next game, a really important change in the franchise scope, really. It's going to be a very interesting thing to cover in the next few weeks for where this goes with Deshaun Watson. But before that, the Browns need to get a win against Tampa. It'll be a huge game. I'm sure it'll still be packed up at First Energy Stadium. So enjoy it. Enjoy your day if you're tailgating. 
you're watching at home, we appreciate you stopping by and listening to these uh, these episodes that you guys do all year, even despite the rough outcomes. It means a lot to Brad and myself. So uh, for Brad, for me, for All Eyes on Cleveland and the OBR Film Breakdown presented by FanDuel, we appreciate you. Stay safe, be well, and go Browns. <laughs>